0: Hey guys, it's Tim Schwartz from Gothridge Manor doing a Saturday afternoon, evening podcast. I'll tell you what, I tried to do a couple podcasts this morning and just didn't work out. Uh, But I tried again this afternoon, try to keep up my energy. I want a (laughs) nap right about now. So, two things. Let's, I'll tell you what, why don't we start off with some uh, voicemails I got recently and then we'll get into the main topic. Uh, The first one is from Ray Otis from Plundergrounds AnchorCast.
1: Hey, Tim, this is Ray Otis. I really got excited in your recent podcast when you mentioned a couple media properties that I love. The 70s rollerball movie is super cool. Um, I like that 70s blood sports, uh, dystopian, late Roman era, but modernized for the near future kind of stuff. I think that was really uh, a cool vibe at the time. The short story it's based on called Rollerball Murder by William Harrison is also good. And um, thanks for bringing up The Hunger Artist. That's one of my favorite Kafka short stories. Um, Doesn't get brought up much. I would also a couple other lesser-known stories by him that I like. The Penal Colony. um, It's a bit graphic, but not described graphically. Uh, A a convict is getting his crimes essentially etched onto his back with tattoo needles. And then... um, Report to an academy, I think is the name, where a captured gorilla learns to talk and then addresses the royal society, uh, and that one's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also a little dark. Love them both. Good psychological horror. Keep it up, and uh, see you soon.
0: Thanks for calling in, Ray. Uh, yeah, uh, the yeah murder uh, was murder by uh, I forgot the guy's name right now. That I read that short story. Uh, I should probably. 30, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and the Kafka score, yeah, he's always been one of my... I would say he's a big influence on me. He always has been um, when I was doing my writing, because I, I just like his concise writing, and it, it just his kind of um, magical realism in a way. It wasn't a thing back then, but he kind of dabbles into it in some of his the properties of his story, so I do do enjoy that, so... Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again for calling in, Ray. Uh, the next one I think we have is from uh, our feds, so uh get to our here now.
2: Hi, Tim, our here. Uh, just wanted to call in after your violent sort of podcast. Um, by the way, I remember loving Rollerball back in the day when that when that came out, that was a a film that I enjoyed. I'm not sure if I watched it now it would have the same effect. But, um, yeah, violence in gaming and such. I think one thing that I thought of listening to your podcast is the amount of groups that just kill everything. Just, you know, anything they encounter, the the solution is just to kill, kill, kill. I know that's quite often how we played in the old days. Um, I'm enjoying recently, my brother's got a character in uh, one of our gaming sessions that's really anti-killing everything and it just makes some really good role-playing experience and really mixes it up and how to deal with him and the situations and I think that's really good. Anyway, cheers.
0: Thanks, Darren, for calling in. The um, Rollerball is getting some love, yeah. You guys are making me want to go back and find it and watch it again. It's a good movie. It's been a long time. Having characters who are not murder hope, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, there's, like you said, back in the day, that's kind of what it was. Kill monsters, take their stuff, go to town, and, and uh, then repeat, try to get better stuff, and kill bigger monsters, and on and on and on. And uh, that that's definitely a viable way to play. And sometimes, there's some nights I know when I'm getting with my group, they're like, you know, we just want to kill stuff. It's like okay, all right. Well, let's do that. Well, I'll you know, and I always have something that I can always put it to, put to the side or bring out when um, you know my uh, fellow party members or my fellow folks are just just had a had a rough day and they just want to roll dice and kill things. They don't want to role play too much, which is perfectly good. Um, but having those players, who will. Give you those beats, those breaths, those pauses that allow you to roleplay a monster, boss monster beyond a bunch of stats is definitely a a big bonus because not only I th- does it develop a story or a plot better, but it also allows the it allows the GM to invest more time into it because. Recently, when, when they were fighting the, the witch spider, I had, you know, I kind of I kind of figure three different things are going to happen. They're going to kill the witch spider, the witch spider's going to kill them, or a variation of that. She'll kill some of them, and they'll kill them, or run away, or, you know, that kind of thing. But in, But there was that, like, elusive fourth option where they might actually talk to her, and that's what happened. And it made the situation, I think, so much more interesting. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I mean, having that, uh, allowing the players to to get into it, because I'm not I'm not kind of I'm not the GM and the players know this. I'm not the kind of GM if they if they leave a enemy behind or whatever, that it's it's going to come and bite them back in the ass or something like that like they're going to know everything. I don't like to use out of game knowledge f- for my NPCs. Some some GMs have an issue with separating the two. I won't do that just because the wood is not going to know unless she's got somebody there to tell her. But, you know, later on it might bite them in the ass because and they know that. So they're on guard when they when they go in that territory. So um, I think I do have another call-in, and I cannot remember who it's from, so it'll be a surprise for all of us.
3: Hey, Tim. Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets. So while I don't have a lot of experience at running tournaments uh, in, uh, in my current sessions, uh, I have read a couple recently that uh, looked pretty good. Uh, in Tomb of Annihilation... Um, that was the the last D&D adventure, and also in the A L adventure, they both had two different ways of running dinosaur races, which I thought were pretty cool. Um, also, um, Monday, I got a playtest for an upcoming Kobold Press adventure, which has a really cool horse race in it. Uh, basically, you run through all the, uh, the town sections, uh, the, the sections of the city, the wards, um, and each ward has a different... Um, DC for the uh, obstacle you have to, and the amount that you miss or gain by is your lead or um, loss, I guess. Uh, So, interesting ways to do races. Check them out. Hey, Tim. Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets upping spells with spell components that's such a great idea i'm totally stealing that and i am going to run like crazy with it i think tonight i'm going to dig through uh my player's handbook and uh write down a list of spell components and uh some crazy ones that you can bump them up with based on uh whatever it is probably also dig through the first edition dmg and uh look at some of those monster parts and what they're useful for thanks for the idea man uh i'll post the list somewhere so you can see it too
0: Oh, we got a double shot from uh, Richard Fraser from Cockatrice Nuggets there. So I guess if you're going to have Nuggets, get two, huh? Uh, so he replied on the competition one, where the sporting competition, with the races through the, the war through uh, Tomb of Annihilation. I have Tomb of Annihilation, but to be honest, I've only kind of looked at the pretty pictures and really haven't read through it at all. So that sounds real interesting. I'm going to have to look into that and see how they how what kind of system or subsystem they use to do the races. And the other thing about spell components. Yeah, Rich, it's something I've done for a long time. I really love how it works because well, while the idea of spell components using for every time you cast a spell can be daunting and annoying, I like to use them as an enhancement. So, and it, and it's it's like little treasures that like little treasure resource treasures that players can get and it can be a tactical decision whether to use those research because they, they are um, some of them expire you know there's only like I can't I'll give I don't know if this is an example but like say you've got uh, I don't know how oh, cockatrice or well, we'll use cockatrice say you got eyes of a cockatrice and you want to make a posh or maybe maybe you need that for ink to create a spell uh, flesh to stone. Well, those eyeballs are only going to stay fresh for so long. So if you don't do it soon, they're going to sh- dry up and, and shrivel up or whatever. So so you can add in all those little nuances. And every time I've done that, the players really enjoy them. And like I said, I had, do have to give most of the credit to, I believe it was Hackmaster. And I think there was another place that I kind of read about that where I did get the idea. So... Um, Yeah, so, hey, Rich, thanks for calling in uh, those two times. Uh, I I do appreciate your input and really digging digging your um, podcast. So, all right, I do think I have one from, I think, Red Dice Diaries. So uh, I think his name is John. John, we'll bring it on John.
3: Hi Tim, John from Red Dice Diaries here. Just finished listening to your review of the latest BX Essentials book, Adventures and Treasure. Got to say, really enjoyed the interview. I would love to hear some more of your thoughts on the line as a whole and some of the other books. I, I presume, like myself, you're also looking forward to seeing how they branch out in terms of the modular design in future. Anyway, just thought I'd leave you a message saying so how much I enjoyed the review. Take care, dude, and I look forward to listening to future episodes of your podcast.
0: Hey, John, thank you. I uh, appreciate the call in. I absolutely love the BX Essentials line. Uh, I have all five books. I've, they, had a, they had a sale a little while ago where this is before they had the fourth and fifth book out, and I got a bundle package with not only the first three BX Essential books and then the PDS, but I also got their... Is it Dallin Um, They had like five or seven issues, and I and I got all those too. So I ended up, you know, basically buying Necrotic Gnome's entire catalog with one sweep. I am very interested in see how they do the modular, how they start doing adventure modules, and how they're going to branch out. Because you know, I I you know I I definitely want to get into that game, and maybe I can work with Norman and, um, to the other guys and maybe I can pitch them an adventure or show them an adventure and see if maybe they want to run with it. Cause I'd love to do that. I kind of do all that stuff on my own, but I gotta tell you guys, I mean, it's fun. I, as much as I, I'm a, I'm kind of a loner guy with that kind of stuff, but I do, I really do like working with other folks and I'd love to do a project with some folks and, you know, get that other input. Um, so but thanks again, John, for calling in. I appreciate it very much. And uh, his, again, his is uh, Red Dice Diaries here on Anchor. Probably everybody already knows about it. And I believe he's got the same, As I'm following him on G+, plus too. So he's on, I believe it's the same exact uh, name on G+. Plus. So give him a follow there and uh, give him a listen. And I think I have maybe one more calling coming up. Let me go j- double check.
3: Hey, Tim, this is Larry Follow Me and Die. That was an awesome intro. You did excellent. Keep up the good work. And, uh, well, uh, just keep going with that publisher series. I'm liking what you're sharing. It's giving me some insights, things to think about. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Thanks for calling in, Larry. Yeah, the publisher series, I've kind of got, uh, I think, three in there right now. I'm going to do a revisiting of the one about self-promotion because Colin called me in a while ago. and We kind of had this discussion on G+, and I think it needs revisited. Um, maybe uh, he's brought up some points and worries, and and, and very valid ones, uh, you know. But I still think there has... Uh, there needs to be room for doing self-publishing, or self-promotion and everything. And one of the other things I'm probably going to start talking about, guys, is just the, the you know, kind of the physical aspects of publishing and um like a price guide of what going what i use like because when i do my zines and adventures there's costs involved there's and then while there's not a ton of costs they do add up and postage is always the killer so all right guys i think that's all the call-ins i have now i'm gonna check real quick but if if i don't have more call-ins i'm going to start with the main topic All right, guys, let's get back on to the main topic here. And we might get some interruptions. My wife keeps texting me at the grocery store. Uh, there's two different topics I'm, I want to talk about, but the one I'm going to focus on today is uh, a couple days ago, I believe it was uh, old grognard uh, Glenn was talking about rolling up new characters. And I, I guess I wanted to discuss about rolling up new characters for other reasons other than death. Uh, during our very first fifth edition, the official fifth edition, when it got released, the box set, and we were going through Fandelver, I rolled up a rogue, and his name was Sidwin the Sharp, and very cool. He w- he wasn't a real big Dex monkey, but he was his main score was in charisma, so he was more of a Persuader, deception, um, convincing other people of other stuff that otherwise not may not be true. But he made for a real fun character. And then when he got a little higher level, he was able to do like illusions, and so he could change his his uh, appearance, which really played into the character type I was playing. So he was a lot of fun to play. But let's put the the campaign itself uh, was placed in not. Fandelver er, was placed in the uh, same world as the city-state of the Invincible Overward. Rob Conley was running it, so, you know, that's 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 the that's where we play at. And there was a lot of political stuff going on, and there was a civil war. So the whole... So this was all in the background. So while we're playing, we're, we're trying to do, like, you know, if you want to... Just local hero stuff. Go kill some goblins. Go save the... People out of the old manor and beat up bad guys and that, which was fun, which my guy was completely uh, on board with. However, the as the campaign rolled on, they got more, in, the party got more involved in the political stances of things, and my guy was not interested in getting and taking sides politically, uh, one way or another. And they just kept going and and through and we role played it. It wasn't a it wasn't. A personal thing it was kind of just a fun way to role play the contrast of my guy trying to stay neutral between the two and 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 my guy got to use a little bit more of my in-game knowledge so basically when rob and i talk about the development of my character my character has been around a while and he knows the ins and outs and therefore i could use a lot of my out of game knowledge that i know because i've played i've played in rob's campaign for 30-some years now, so I kind of know the nuances, so I could use some of that information for him to make him seem like, when he's making his points, that they're valid points. Uh, but the party was more interested in taking it aside um, and uh, seeing if they could build their power base that way. What ended up happening is Sidwin just finally one day just said didn't, he didn't like the direction they were going. They ended up killing I believe the um uh, straw was when they killed a guard and yeah he was a he was you know one of those guards that was a bad guy and he was with it but Sidman wanted the information from him so we could actually get further on with our um our goal we needed that extra information and they ended up you know just just killing him for, for really no reason. We had him tied up. He was no threat or anything. So Sidman's like, I can't do this. He goes, like, I don't believe what you're doing is the right way to go. And he goes, I wish you the best of luck, but uh, I got to go my own way. This is the first time I ever did that with a character. It, was, it, was, it turned out very interesting. I, I really liked how it played out. We, and, and everybody thought it was kind of cool, I think. I mean, it seemed like it. Uh... And in that same, so that was the first time I ever kind of retired a character out of a game. And I, th- I don't, I think it was like maybe fifth, sixth level. So it wasn't real high level. Retired a person out of a game without having to die or, or get lost or, you know, whatever. Fall down a big chute that shoots you into a different realm. Um, but then I ended up making a new character in there. It was like this big lizard man gladiator. I actually got a t-shirt. After I made him up, it says Lizardman Gladiator. Love that T-shirt. Uh, except when it folds wrong, then it says Lardman Gladiator. I don't like that. <laughs> My wife thinks it's hilarious. Uh, <clears throat> um, so he was more of a very action-oriented guy. Okay, so I mean, he was—he uh, wanted basically. He thrived off. Of, his motivation was glory and battle. Well, in the in the party, we had a couple guys that were very wanted to analyze everything. You know, what was it, An, uh, paralysis by analysis, or the other way around? I forget how it says. So while they were talking, he would just attack. So he wouldn't give a crap. He's like, you know, I'm. you know, Well, he wouldn't even talk. He would just attack and go get it. We ended up getting in. A fight. <laughs> we ended up getting in a because of him. We ended up getting in a fight. With his local lord, he was a sheriff, and he was a 15th level character. You know, we didn't realize, of course, we wouldn't know how high level he was. But luckily, we caught him unawares, or he would have probably wiped the floor with all of us. But because he didn't have his big armor on, he was just kind of at home and dealing with local stuff. It, uh, um, We were able to get him. So here's what happened. So... The party was all fine with that, but then what ended up happening is this higher level party stepped in and um, decided they were going to take it over. And and for whatever reason, the party just basically gave a well surrendered. They didn't even fight them. I mean, I know we were out, we were basically outnumbered and outgunned, but. My guy was just this is like, no, I don't want to, you know, I'm not doing this. So what ended up happening is like they, they were like making sure they were keeping watch on my character to make sure he didn't attack anybody. So the, so so he's like, screw it. So he got out on his own with another one of the guys in the in the, the party. And what was funny is, is we got into the secret vault room of where this sheriff lived and we can't we ended up scoring so much money. So what we ended up doing is, my lizard man just loaded it up late one night, loaded it up in a wagon, and took off. He didn't explain why he left. He didn't say why he left, and I, to this day, I don't even know if the players, the other players, even knew what happened. Um, but he had, he was so uh, rich and got so much money from that heist that he didn't need the party and he didn't want to listen to their bullshit because he was figuring... All they're going to do is wimp out and tell those other party members, and they're just going to take it. He basically gave him the lizard man version of the bird and went off on his own. So, so I had two characters in the same campaign that just retired because of different situations. So, um, it was pretty interesting. As you can hear, my wife keeps texting me. <laughs> um, so there's a different ways of rolling up characters and it, and it was interesting trying to fit them in well I guess with with the lizardman gladiator you know we kind of just sort of hand waved a lot of the introduction things but um, it was it was fun playing characters that retired due to um, different ideals or different motivations so it was pretty interesting so um so I think that's about it, guys. Appreciate the listening and all the call-ins. It's been really cool. been enjoying them. So I uh, hope you find this enjoyable and you're having a good weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.